Let's make real estate for everyone. Welcome to the Addy Podcast. At Addy, we're on a mission to make every human a homeowner. On our podcast, we share real estate investing best practices, industry news, and advice from real life experts. Keep up to date with what we're doing at addyinvest.com. I'm Steve Jagger, and today on episode 15 of the Addy Podcast, we talk with Joe Lamb, the Chief Administrative Officer of Cultus Lake Park. In this episode, he talks about how the park finances work, the structure of the leased residential and commercial real estate, as well as what the next five to 10 years looks like. Hi, Joe. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, So I think just to get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Okay. Well, you know, as it relates to today's discussion, uh, I've had 38 years experience in the customer service industry been involved in a lot of major franchises on the food service side of things. And uh, for the last six years, I've been uh, on the Cultus Lake Park Board as an elected official uh, until June of this year, of which I stepped down as the chair of the Parks Board and took on the role of the Chief Administrative Officer uh, for the park. Oops, awesome. So how does that, um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the Cultus Lake world and how that how that role works? Well, Cultus Lake and the Cultus Lake Park is a is a fairly unique uh, thing in government. So uh, it, it, the the park is governed by the Cultus Lake Park Act of 1932, and it was revised uh, early last year. I'll say May uh, under Bill Three to include some different types of local government. But Cultus Lake itself is not funded by any levels of government. Uh, so there's no provincial funding, there's no federal funding, and there's no funding from the city of Chilliwack. So the park basically operates as an independent government body, uh, and we use all of our leases, our business units, our commercial leaseholders, our parking revenue to fund all of the visitor services that are out here. So it, uh, it's governed by a, a board. The board are five members of elect, uh, elected officials. Um, two are from the city of Chilliwack and three are uh, or must be re- uh, residents or leaseholders of the park. Cool, cool. Yeah, quick follow-up on that. Is that normal that there's no funding from any other source? Is that a normal way? It's no, there, it's not normal. It's actually, it's unique. I, I, can't, I can't find another government body anywhere in Canada that gets no uh, funding. So we don't get any gas tax. Uh, yet we pay, uh, all of the leaseholders who here pay into, um, uh, by BC assessment, they pay into the provincial tax system. But we don't get that, that funding back. So we're kind of on our own to uh, raise funds under the Act uh, for, for the operations of the park. Cool. Um, and so just sort of stepping back a little bit, for those that are unfamiliar with Cultus Lake, could you explain where Cultus Lake is in proximity to Chilliwack? So Cultus Lake is south of Chilliwack. It's kind of bordered. The lake itself, the Columbia Valley, is further, uh, further south, um, but it borders almost the U.S. border. Uh, and so you would come up uh, Highway One, you go straight through Chilliwack all the way out to Columbia Valley Highway, and then out uh, south. And the 640-acre park that that I'm involved in is uh, actually at the north end of the lake. The south end of the lake is actually and we'll get into a little bit of the real estate discussion, but it's freehold property out there and it's leasehold property on the north end. Okay, great. And so what do you think is so special about this area? 
Oh, ultimately, I, you know what? I think uh, when you, you sent me over the, uh, a question, I, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's a, it's a very pristine area. I think it, 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 it solves or it satisfies a lot of the outdoor adventure needs. We have day use areas. We have Cultist Lake Water Park. We have uh, local businesses. We have the Cultist Lake Amusement or Adventure Park. Um, but it also has pristine trails, wonderful water, uh, albeit a, somewhat of a smaller lake. There's uh, recreational boating, there's uh, water sports, paddle boarding. Um, and then we have world-class um, trail uh, biking facilities uh, all, all up in the Vetter Mountain area. So, you know, I, I think it, it offers recreational use for, for everyone. It's not really any one user group. Um, and we see people from all over the lower mainland here um, every sunny day. I won't say on a rainy day, but. <laughs> cool. How, for the, um, all these, these things, the, the water slide and the adventure park and all that stuff, how has the sort of the COVID-19 affected, affected all that? Has it changed tourism or like are more people there because it's not, you know, downtown Vancouver? How's that, how's that changed it? You know, it's been a very, very challenging year. So I, I was the chair of the board going when COVID started. And, um, you know, we basically, we shut down the park for uh, really from about April the 1st till May the 11th. We closed all of our parking lots. Uh, a lot of the local businesses were closed. Uh, I think, you know, COVID-19, especially for the adventure park and, and the water park, those two businesses, um, who are commercial leaseholders of, of the park board, um, they've been dramatically impacted. They're, you know, they're running on 30% occupancy. Uh, I would tell you it's a great time to go to the water park because there's no lines and, and you don't have to wait. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I know those businesses, uh, well, they, I don't know, I guess they have to be struggling. There's just, uh, the capacity is, is so far down. Um, but from a consumer perspective, it's, uh, it's a good time to go. It's a good time to use those, uh, those facilities uh, because there's, there's less people and less of a wait. Um, tourism in general has been quite unique this year in that I think when we were closed down, uh, we have some cabins and we have some short-term rentals in the park board's control. And we saw a lot of uh, cancellations from you know, the U.S. Uh, and people from Eastern Canada um, but what has happened since the reopening and the restart in June is we've seen a lot of uh, rebooking of locals, locals coming out, uh, locals using uh, all of our facilities and whatnot. So I think in general, I would say tourism is about the same. Um, but just like everywhere else in, in BC that you're seeing, we're seeing a lot of day use. Um, social distancing is a challenge uh, as in any other area. Um, we've had to shut down little sections of our docks because we couldn't control that. But I'd say in general for, for, for the park since the reopening, um, tourism has been, been quite good, but it, you can tell it's, it's very, very local. Right. And so, yeah, because I, I did see that thing where the, you guys had fenced off basically the end of a couple of the docks. Just, I guess it was just getting too busy out there. Well, those, those two docks, traditionally, I think if, if you did your research on Cultus Lake for the last 25 years, those are really where the, you know, the younger patrons to the park kind of hang out. They're arm's length. There's some drinking that goes on. They, throughout the course of the day, it just gets more and more crowded. So you've got a, I'll call it a 200 square foot 
area with 200 people on it, 300 people on it, it, it becomes a, uh, a big drawback for, for people that are just trying to use the, the park for the day. Right. Um, so it's actually settled down quite a bit and um, we'll see what happens in the future out there. So how does it, how has it worked on the short-term rental side? You guys, there's Airbnbs and stuff that VRBOs that are up there. Has that been impacted? Yeah, within the, within the 50, sorry, the 640 acres, uh, we have about 50 uh, short-term rentals. And again, I think they went through the same cycle where they had a, a ton of cancellations when the onset happened. But obviously at this particular point, um, they're all fully booked. Um, they're very active. Uh, but I, I think my read is that a lot of them are, are BC uh, people just trying to get away from, from their daily lives and coming out here. But I think the short-term rental market is, is still strong. Uh, there's a number of them out here. We only have 487 lease lots uh, that are available for housing. Um, and so a good portion of those are, uh, are short-term rentals. And the, I, I guess you know that because that, do they have to register? Is that how that works? We, we have a licensing program. Uh, yeah, you need a, sh a short-term rental license uh, in order to operate within the park. Uh, cool. It's one of the requirements under the lease. Cool. Have you, have you guys noticed any um, change with COVID with how the community and all those people that live, like, there's a bunch of people that live there full-time? Has that impacted yeah, them at all? Or? Yeah, it's definitely seen, seen some behavioral change. I think in, in past years, residents... Um, tolerate the visitors because uh, uh, you know it's a, it's a way of life you live in a park and whatnot but certainly uh, we have a little bit of an older population and there's a ton of concern amongst the residents um, with you know people that aren't uh, social distancing um, you know that are, are not kind of obeying the the orders the public health orders and whatnot so there's a lot more challenges this year than I think in the past but uh, we've taken some steps to, we've cordoned off the residential area by way of construction fencing to try and limit the number of uh, day use visitors that go through uh, the residential areas. Uh, we've taken the steps, for example, with the docks. This year for us, it's, it's really all about balance. How, how do we create balance between all of the different users? Um, and so curious to learn how real estate works at Coltis. I know it's leasehold land. Yeah, so again, under the Cultus Lake Park Act, uh, the act gives the board the ability to lease uh, portions of land. So all of our residential uh, leases out here are, um, they're on a 21 year lease with a 21 year renewal option. Um, and basically what happens is the way the, the verbiage in the lease is, is that um, it implies in perpetuity. So you have a 21 year lease with a 21 year renewal. And when you get that renewal, you have a 21 year lease with a 21 year renewal. So um, the leases are very strong. They're very stable uh, for anybody that wants to buy out here. Uh, we see a lot of real estate that's transacting now, but none of the leases are registered uh, in, in New Westminster with the land titles. We have our own, um, uh, basically what I would class, classify as a, um, a registry here where we register the leases uh, internally and we manage all of that on, uh, uh, on an annual basis. So is so it I, hard? Sorry, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, is it hard for people to get mortgages? Uh, there, there are a few, well, because it's a 21 year lease and we, the, the park now allows you to reset that lease 
um, when, the, when the property transfers. So there are like Envision uh, and the Royal Bank uh, have signed off on the leases. Um, and there, there doesn't seem to be any issues currently with uh, people uh, wanting to acquire mortgages uh, just because of the way the, the new leases have been written. Is there, when you do the leases, is there, is there any concern with people that, they're, um, like that they, they might end at some point? The park changes their mind and they're going to shut it down and you've got, everybody's got their 42 years to move on? Yeah, you know what? I, I don't hear that much anymore. I, I, I personally bought here 15 years ago and that was a big concern of mine. But within the, in the lease, the only way that the, the park could uh, terminate a lease or end a lease uh, would be if they wanted to purchase that land back for park use specifically. So the, the, the leaseholders are very secure uh, and, and that kind of speaks to the fact that, uh, you know, a big bank like RBC is writing mortgages against it. They, they have a high level of comfort. So it's, it, it's very unlikely. And as far as I know, it's never happened that uh, a lease has been um, bought back um, uh, for, for park use. And there's no discussion about that. It's not, there's no, no, none whatsoever. You know, there is, uh, we have a, a park plan and that park plan is basically limiting the amount of um, uh, new growth and new development. So I don't envision any time in the future that you're going to see any more than 487 residential lots. So it's a very sought after kind of uh, harmony between, you know, you've got this beautiful park and you've got 487 residents that live here. I, I don't see that increasing. Yeah. How do um, assessments work on leased land? So the, the, all of the properties are assessed at full value, same as any other uh, property in British Columbia. So you get a land value assessment that you pay your taxation on, even though it's a lease, and you get a, a, a building value assessment and you pay your taxes on that. And all of that taxation goes to the provincial government and to the regional district. And again, I'm just maybe a little bit speaking, but uh, need, none of that money comes none back. None of it comes back to you. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So we're, 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 we're shelling out a lot of money, but we're not getting a lot of money back. So on that, on that topic, is there like, is there plans for you to expand parking or ex like to find new revenue sources or the way it works now it works? There's enough money coming in to pay the bills? Uh, well, I don't think there's any exp uh, plans to expand. It's, it's basically parking is, uh, parking fees are uh, uh, user fees by another name. Um, so, you know, the, the ability to increase what you pay for parking uh, is always a discussion. Uh, but we also have a, a campground called Sunnyside Campground, which is owned by the park. Um, again, that's another user fee. We have our, our commercial leases, we have our residential leases. So we have some mechanisms to raise funds. Um, but, you know, I think ultimately the discussion needs to be had uh, at the provincial government level about you know, we have over a million day use visitors that come here that are being funded by, uh, you know, those different avenues. Um, the provincial government needs to meet, needs to be more aware of ways to fund uh, and help the park out, especially from a capital investment perspective. Operating the park is one thing, but we have a lot of docks, infrastructure and things like that, that I, I think we're going to start to try and look to the provincial government to, to get some of those things funded by grants. Um, sort of going back to the assessment question again, I'm just curious, um, 
is real estate selling above the assessment value or like, is it a hot market similar to other areas in the lower mainland Fraser Valley or is it, you know, kind of on par? Well, I'd say it's a very hot market. Uh, this year has been super interesting in that, you know, when we were shut down, real estate was shut down. Obviously I think that was everywhere. Um, and this may not seem a lot, but keep in mind that, like I said, there's only 487 lots, but we've had, uh, 10 houses sell, uh, at or above, uh, assessment, uh, in June and July. And we have had seven more sell, uh, or pending sales in August with an average of, uh, $941,000 is the average purchase price out here. So, um, Basically everything that got listed with the exception and, and it's, it's a pretty unique place in that a lot of, there's a lot of cottages here, uh, a lot of houses that have been here since early fifties, that type of thing. So I consider those to be somewhat of a, a teardown purchase. So you're basically, you're buying the lease, you're tearing the property down and you're starting from scratch. Um, all of the properties that are not what I would classify as a teardown have sold. So there isn't, anything currently on the market um you know at that million dollar mark that's still for sale now that might change tonight tomorrow but uh it's been a very uh very interesting time i kind of attributed to a lot of the people in british columbia that aren't going away and aren't looking to buy property in other countries and mexico or whatever uh, they're reinvesting in, in 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 this area it's interesting do you like what do you think happens over the next five to 10 years in the, the cultists area? Do you see like, I don't know, wider roads or adding more lease like houses so that you guys can find more revenue or restrictions on the number of boats or like, do you, how do you think about the next five to 10 years of the area? Well, you know what? I, I think the, there won't be, I, I, I can't personally, I can't see given the nature of the residential community and the, the people that live here, I can't see a lot of lot, if any growth in the residential lots. We do have a plan to redevelop uh, what we're calling our village center. Um, we're in the process of working with the Fraser Valley Regional District on putting a waste treatment facility in. And once that's done, the, we have about 20 acres of land in the village center that you know, could be used for uh, high density commercial type of real estate development. Other than that, in the park, I don't see any more parkland being eaten up and, and used for uh, residential lots. But again, we're 640 acres at the south end, uh, sorry, at the north end of the lake. The south end of the lake, we're seeing a lot of uh, development. So, um, you know, although you may not be part of the lease structure in the, in the park, I do think the whole lake area is gonna continue to grow. Uh, you know, one of the primary focuses for government is a secondary access route. So right now we have one way in and one way out, so to speak, very narrow road. Um, I know that the regional district and the parks board uh, are often engaged in discussions about, you know, how do we, uh, how do we make that access better? Or can we make a, is there a second access way uh, into the, into the park? I think that'll probably be the largest two focuses. So the village center, and then also the, um, looking for better ways to, to get in and out of the lake. Cool. When, when you talk about the density, um, if you're able to get that stuff done and build that um, sort of denser commercial area, is that like a, your own little Whistler village kind of a 
a feel? Is that what you're yeah. saying? I, I don't know how familiar you are with Chilliwack, but it, I, I think we're kind of looking more to like the garrison uh, little village center with their little shopping and, and some high density above that. It, it certainly wouldn't be anything on the scale of Whistler. You know, you might be talking about one or two or three uh, buildings at most, but that would then give us the additional lease revenue to stabilize the future of the park. So you might have, you know, and I don't really know what the number is, 50 or 100 additional uh, higher density areas that would contribute to the park, higher density units that would contribute to the park. Um, and so kind of speaking of Chilliwack, like what are your thoughts on the surrounding um, municipalities like Chilliwack and Agassiz? You know what, I think the, for the most part, it's it, everything from a real estate perspective, everything seems to kind of be on fire. Um, I'm hearing a lot of stories out of, out of Chillac that, uh, you know, multiple offers, uh, uh, listing your house, getting, uh, getting offers above, selling your house above. Um, I think Chillac and Agassiz are, are, are very similar to Cultus Lake. It's a recreational uh, area. It, it offers a great family environment. Um, you know, lots of things to do, uh, somewhat safer than some of the other areas, uh, you know, as you move further, uh, you know, towards Vancouver. Um, so I, I, the growth is, is certainly coming this way. And I, I think one of the things that's essentially happened with COVID, at least, and uh, maybe I'm speculating a little bit, but um, with people realizing that they can actually work from home, it's becoming more and more uh, beneficial to live you know, in the Chilliwack, Agassiz area, Cultus Lake area, because you, you don't necessarily need to commute anymore in order to, to, to conduct business, so. Totally, you mentioned um, like sort of safety and security. How does that, I know there's an RCMP, I think detachment, or there's a couple of people up there and there's also private security. How does that, how does that work? So basically the park funds a, a one bylaw officer uh, that deals with all of the park's bylaws. We also contract out to Griffin Security um, so that we've got coverage throughout the night. And then uh, we've also done a deal with uh, the city of Chilliwack where we have a community policing center uh, attached to our 640 acres. So we have officers that are on duty here at the lake to manage security and safety. Uh, you know, on busy days, public use areas, uh, you know, that, that type of thing. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's never enough, I think, in the, in the community as far as residents go. But, um, you know, this year, far more than other years, I think we have a, a balance. Uh, uh, and we've, we've kind of got all of the different day parts and day uses covered. So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fairly safe place to be uh, year round. Awesome. Great. Um, well, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time. Um, yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Thanks, guys. That wraps another episode of the Addy Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe to get the next episode. For more information, visit addyinvest.com. Until next time.